Good Sunday morning. Rashini Rajkumar here, and it's kind of an unprecedented Sunday. Dr. Hilden actually took the day off, so we wish him a happy vacation. And uh, I get the thrill of spending some time with a couple of his colleagues, and so do you. Let me introduce them to you on today's edition of Healthy Matters, where we are going to focus on drugs, medication, Rx, whatever you want to call them. These two doctors know oodles of information about this topic. Dr. Lori Wilhite practices in the area of pain management, psychiatry, and toxicology. She has been practicing medication therapy management at Hennepin Healthcare's conservative conservative management center since 2011. She's also a certified specialist in poison information. So if you have pets and kids and you have poison questions today for her, she will have some answers. You can call or text us at 651-989-9226. And Dr. George Constantinides is someone who you will also want to get to know today. He's an adjunct clinical faculty at the University of Minnesota College of Pharmacy within the Infectious Diseases Curriculum. And in 2012, he joined the HCMC team providing medication therapy management in the Positive Care Clinic. You'll learn a little bit more about them as we go on today. But I first want to say hello. And Dr. Wilhite, let's start with you. Um, give us kind of a, a quick overview of why people take drugs. Oh, good morning, Rashini, and good morning, everyone. It's so great to be back on Healthy Matters. Um, you know, people need to take medication for all different kinds of reasons. Um, and uh, our job as pharmacists is to make sure that you know um, why you're taking the medication, what you're on, and making sure as well that um, there aren't drug interactions, that you're on the right dose, um, that medications are being used safely and effectively. All right. Very well said. Dr. George Constantinides, if you could kind of do the same, give us a sense of why people come to you. Good morning, Rashini, and thanks for having us on the show today. I think um, at the end of the day, patients, all of us, want to live healthier. And medicines are tools in our toolbox to do that. Um, And just like with all tools, we want to use them wisely. Um, And so oftentimes we get questions about how to make sure that medicines are doing good in the in the lives of those taking them and, and trying to avoid any of the bad that can come with medicines. Um, so having those conversations with patients is, is really delightful. Um, we want to make sure that every tool in the toolbox serves a purpose. Um, and darn it, when things, things need changed up, that's where we collaborate with patients and with their providers to figure out a plan. All right. Thank you both very much. You're listening to Healthy Matters this morning. Dr. Hilden has the day off. We have two wonderful experts with us. We're talking medication. Maybe we'll get into a little bit about marijuana. That's been a hot topic lately. We'll talk about poisons also. Call or text us 651-989-9226. So we'll be taking these kinds of questions throughout the show. Dr. Wilhite, I have a quick question for you. Mm-hmm. How do we manage how do we manage multiple medications because um unfortunately some people do have to take many medications it could get into a mix up kind of situation could get dangerous what's your best advice there You know 
my best advice there would be um, to make sure that you keep an up-to-date list of all your medications, including like non-prescription drugs and supplements. Um, you know, store your meds in their original containers. Um, you know, pill boxes are great tools, even if you only take, you know, one or two medications, but especially if you take multiple medications. Um, I would recommend that you keep always keep pill boxes locked up because most of them are not child safe. And I know at the Poison Center, that's one of the big calls we get is regarding little ones getting into especially grandma and grandpa's pill boxes. Um, think about using the same pharmacy if you can. And then when you pick up your prescription, just make sure that it's the one that your provider ordered. Um, there's, you're kind of the last line of defense as a patient against medication errors. So if something doesn't seem right, you know, if the, if the pill looks different or, um, you know, it's not what you expected, um, please do always speak up because, uh, we're a team. So no one's feelings are going to be hurt if when you go to pick up your meds, you're inspecting the bottle, you're asking some questions, those kinds of things. Absolutely not. Um, as pharmacists, we love to talk to patients, and we really appreciate um, when people have questions. All right, and we hope people have lots of questions today because we've got two amazing experts, Dr. Lori Wilhite and Dr. George Constantinides. They are both experts in the area of uh, psychiatry, pain management, toxicology, you name it. They will have some answers for you today. Call us, text us, 651-989-9226. We'll be back right after this break. Text us, 651-989-9226. We'll be back right after this break. We are back on Healthy Matters. Rashini Rajkumar with you. Dr. Hilton has Sunday off, but we are still taking lots of questions for our Ask the Pharmacist edition of Healthy Matters, our special guests, Dr. Lori Wilhite and Dr. George Constantinides. And we already have some callers and texts coming in, so let's start with Tom in Stillwater. Hi, Tom. Good morning. Can you hear me? We can. You sound great. Good. Um, so I have uh, arthritis in both knees. I'm in my mid-70s. And um, uh, a friend suggested that I take glucosamine chondroitin, saying that his sister just found it to be a wonder drug for arthritic pain. And so I've been doing that, and I don't really notice any difference. And it's more expensive than some of my... Uh, prescription drugs like simvastatin and uh, so on. So my question is, uh, what do your uh, guest hosts feel about the effectiveness of that combination? This is a great question, Tom. Thanks for calling in to to ask this. Um, we, as pharmacists, often get a, a lot of questions about um sort of two topics that are hidden in your question. One of them is about um, natural products, uh, glucosamine and chondroitin, 
in your in your question. And then also this idea of when when you're making a medication intervention, how do you monitor it? How do you follow it to see if it's doing you know doing well by your health? And um, it sounds like this medicine is um, expensive, and you're you're not finding it super helpful. Um, I think at a, a at a minimum, it's probably worth talking to your primary care provider about arthritis as a whole. Um, there's lots of different types of arthritis and um, each type of arthritis kind of has a different plan for how to help patients to to have less pain and discomfort. Um, some medicines take a long time to get impact and and maybe it's that this medicine is, is just starting to do good things and it's taking its time. Um, I think it's worth asking your primary care provider uh, about that. And I, I also would say that, you know, after a period of time that you and your primary define, maybe you say, I'm going to do this for three months. And at that time, it's great to have a, a pause for the cause and say, this is or is not working. What do we do next? Um, and especially if the medicine is safe and helping, that feels maybe like a good thing. And gosh, if it's not working or, or if it's not safe, then that's a great reason to switch up the plan. All right. I love that line, pause for the cause. It's probably good even beyond uh, medications, doctor. All right. We're going to go to the text lines. And again, you can call or text today, 651-989-9226. It's an Ask the Pharmacist edition of Healthy Matters. All right. Clearly, I'm going to be challenged by pronunciation of all these drugs today, but we're going to try and the doctors will help me get through it. This listener asks, can furosemide and varsartan build up in your system so that you get too much medication? Dr. Wilhite, please let us know. So if I'm understanding correctly, the the question is if those two medicines would build up in your system. Um, You know that our our bodies do a wonderful job of... um, handling not only medication, but all kinds of things that we bring into our body, food, so forth. And our liver our liver and kidneys are responsible for, um, you know, appropriately breaking those down. And um, if you're taking it at the prescribed dose and not experiencing adverse effects and you're meeting your blood pressure goals, um, then that's not certainly not something I would be concerned about, but always best to double check with your primary care provider regarding your individual situation. All right, Dr. Wilhite, uh, we have a caller coming in. I'll stay with you on this one. Rod is on the line from Richfield. Good morning, Rod. Good morning. Say, I have a question about uh, medicines that are used to help improve mental health. Um, They talk about the blood-brain barrier that uh, kind of restricts the uh, medicines from uh, from entering into the brain, and I'm wondering if, um, can you speak about that a little bit, and if there's any hope on the horizon to uh, get by that blood-brain barrier? Thank you. That, um, I love this question. What a sophisticated um, question, Um, and it falls into kind of the, some of the nitty-gritty of pharmacy, so I love it. Um, Yeah, there is a blood-brain barrier that, uh, protects our brain from certain medications and chemicals and so forth. But drugs that we use um, to treat mental illness um, 
can, there's certain things we can do when drugs are developed to make sure that they do penetrate the blood-brain barrier. And medications that are approved for treating, you know, depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, you know, mental health disorders in general, um, all do penetrate the blood-brain barrier. So um, that is a, a great question. Dr. Constantinides, do you have anything to add to that? I would just add, Rod, I think in your question about making sure that medicines are getting to the places in our body where, they, where they're hoping to do good, um, one of the things that your primary care provider, your, the specialists that you work with are thinking about is that very question. Uh, we certainly wouldn't want to get you on a medicine to do something and then find out that we picked a medicine that, that doesn't get there or doesn't cause that effect. Um, and I certainly would invite um, that to be a part of your conversation when, when a provider is talking to you about a medicine, um, asking that very question, gosh, we, we have this goal that we're adding this medicine to is, is this the right medicine? Um, and in that question of, is this the right medicine? We're thinking about, does it, does it get to the right place in the body? All right. Dr. Constantinides, a follow-up on that glucosamine question on the text line. This person says, is it good to use? What percent of time and what percentage of effectiveness? You know, that's a, a tough question for me to answer. Uh, a lot of times with medicines uh, like glucosamine and chondroitin, these are medicines that, that have maybe some benefit for patients living with arthritis um, that are not necessarily branded products, names that we might recognize. There are less defined studies on what might be the effectiveness percentage or the perfect dose. Um, it's one of the challenges that we face when a patient brings us a question like this is we don't have as defined data to say in patient X with dose Y for Z time, you can expect um, such and such to happen. Um, so it's, it, this, this is a great question and one that, that I certainly struggle with um, in giving you a great, clear answer. All right, Dr. Wilhite, this person says, will steroids help poison ivy or oak? Yes, what a great Minnesota summertime question. Um, yes, uh, steroids are often prescribed for poison ivy and poison oak, um, especially if it's a particularly bad flare. Um, you might be uh, speaking to your provider and it's possible they might even prescribe you like an oral steroid to really help knock down that inflammation. All right. Time is flying with our experts in drugs and poisons. Get your questions in. We promise we'll get to you if you call us, 651-989-9226, and we'll do our best to get to you if you text us. We do have a lot of texts coming in, so I highly recommend you call 651-989-9226. 
We are back on Healthy Matters, our special Ask the Pharmacist edition. Dr. Hilden is off today getting some much-deserved rest and relaxation. We have two very special guests with us, Dr. Lori Wilhite and Dr. George Constantinidis. Both of them are experts in the area of uh, all these things pharmaceutical. So call today, 651-989-9226. You can also text us. One texter asks, what do I have against text? We have nothing against text. We just get dozens of them. So I always like to hear, and so does Dr. Hilden, your questions in your words. And the best way to do that is by calling us. But like I said, we'll get to as many texts as we can. But first, Alice, thanks for holding. She's calling in from White Bear Lake. Yes, this is Alice. Um, medications such as Lantinprost, which is kept in the refrigerator until you begin to use it, uh, these warmer temperatures in our houses and everything, does it affect the efficacy of the medication? Dr. Wilhite, why don't you go with that one? Sure. Well, <clears throat> as long as um, your refrigerator is running correctly, Alice, I um, think that that should be, um, I think we should be just fine, but that's an excellent question and um, a nice opportunity to talk about when you pick up your prescription, ask your pharmacist um, to clarify any special requirements regarding how to store your medication. That is a really great question because it's something that uh, I think we just assume it, it's one thing, but it could be something very different. Exactly. Uh, Ken is uh, yeah. Ken is on the line from Belaine. Hi, Ken. Hello. Go ahead, Ken. Yes, I have a question on uh, blood pressure medications. Um, I recently, well, it's been over a period of uh, a few months trying to come up with, with my uh, uh, doctor uh, blood pressure medications that will actually reduce my blood pressure. And it's it's such a mystery because there are so many medications and uh, to try to figure out which one's going to work. So right now I'm on Losartan and uh, amylodipine. And uh, so I'm just curious about how to go about coming up with the right medication. Dr. Constantinides, go ahead. Ken, I really appreciate your question. Um, I think uh, one thing that you, you've said in, in as you introduced us to what you were asking about is this reality that there are a lot of medicines out there and it is complicated. Um, so I, I really want to acknowledge that, that, that as we work with a patient on their medicine journey for, for treating anything. Sometimes we, we really do have to work through a number of medicines. And I think with a, treating a, a lot of things, there's both a science and there's an art. And so we might have three or four medicines that we reach for quickly for treating high blood pressure in, in the example that you've shared. And maybe for a certain patient, one of those medicines isn't safe because of an allergy. Um, patients have lots of allergies to medicines. They wouldn't want to use something like that. Or maybe, for instance, a, a medicine requires that your kidney or your, your liver is in, is in especially good shape, and that might not be the, the case for a specific patient. We wouldn't want to use that medicine or would pick a different dose so that it's safe. Um, and I think you're on two very common blood pressure medicines, low sartan and amlodipine are two medicines that, that um, we see often. And some things that, that 
I think happen regularly in care of blood pressure for a patient is to start a medicine and see how it works for a period of time and then um, to change the dose or to add medicines to it. Um, and, and so it sounds like you and your, your provider are doing just that. You're, you're on a medicine or two and you're working through the doses. Um, our toolbox for treating blood pressure is big. So um, I feel very confident that if you keep up the hard work that you've been doing, that we're going to help to get you the blood pressure goal. All right, Dr. Wilhite, Patty in Minneapolis has a question for you. Good morning, Patty. Morning, yes. I'm a diabetic, and I'm wondering if there would be a unique condition a person would have with woes. No matter what insulin or what dose I've tried, my blood sugar goes down to 59 overnight, and I am just have seen a whole bunch of uh, uh, endocrinologists and I'm kind of going crazy with this, to be truthful. Hmm. Well, that does that does sound very, <clears throat> very frustrating, and it sounds like you've seen a lot of appropriate specialists. Um, it's difficult to say. Um, I suppose I would um, I would defer to the uh, doctors that probably know you best on that, um, and um, I imagine they might have you keeping very close track of your uh, blood sugars and your doses of medication. Um, a lot of patients use um, continuous glucose monitors to help get a, a better handle on, um, on their blood sugars, and that might be something to talk to your doctors about if you haven't already. All right, let's go to our text. Uh, Dr. Constantinides, let's go with this one. This person says, my doctor recommended Prolia for osteopenia. After reading the side effects, I'm not for sure. What can you tell me about this drug? Yeah, this is um, this is another great question. I think um, we'll, maybe we'll just step back for one second, Rashini, and, and just sort of talk about how his especially as we get older, our uh, need for uh, calcium and vitamin D changes because the needs of our bones change. Uh, and so oftentimes primary care providers will recommend to patients to to try to, to get enough calcium and vitamin D in the diet. And, and even in doing that, for some patients, our bones have a different plan and they, they need extra support. So we'll oftentimes uh, use a family of drugs called bisphosphonates uh, that help to help to secure our bones a little bit better for the long run. Um, and and um, among the family of medicines that we use for treatment of osteopenia or osteoporosis, that, that sort of um, the decrease of, of density in our bones is prolia. And I think the question that you're asking is one that I would I would sort of turf back maybe to the doctor that you're working with who's prescribing this because um, Prolia is a little bit more specific of a medicine and we do prescribe it a little bit more carefully. Um, and so we would want to make sure that uh, we're, we're doing the best to use this medicine safely in your care. All right. Um, another person is asking, what do supplements given by chiropractors do? Dr. Wilhite, maybe you can shed some light here. Yeah, another great question about um, supplements. Um, 
Yes, some uh, some chiropractors uh, do kind of stock and recommend a lot of different supplements. Um, and I suppose my best advice would just be to do your research um, and uh, perhaps get um, detailed information from your chiropractor and then bring it to the bring it to a pharmacist that you trust, um, bring it to a provider. Uh, you could even make an appointment um, for medication therapy management, perhaps through your um, your clinic, and they could um, set up an, apart- an appointment with you and a pharmacist to actually sit down in your doctor's office and talk about these supplements and if they're appropriate for you, if they might interact with some of your other medications. Um, that is a service uh, that we offer here at Hennepin Healthcare. Um, and so I think that it's smart that you're asking those questions. All right. George is on the line from Minneapolis. George, what's your question for Dr. Constantinides? Yes, I was just uh, asking about the uh, recent uh, uh, somewhat controversial release release of uh, medicine for Alzheimer's. All right. So I guess just kind of a general question there, doctor. I have to admit, George, that that this is one that I'm going to have to read up on myself. Um, I wonder uh, if Dr. Wilhite has had a chance to see this uh, information as well. I wish I had a better answer for you. Yeah, um, I have to admit as well that I'm not uh, that I'm not sure what what drug that might be. Um, It's not my particular um, expertise or practice area. Right. It's such a changing area, too. And it seems like in this area, uh, I've been reading on different things. My my mother-in-law passed of Alzheimer's a few years ago. So Mm. it's a topic that's very dear to our family. And hopefully, you know, my my husband and his siblings uh, uh, don't end up uh, having it. But there are always, it seems like, trials going on and different things. So maybe a quick a quick question, Dr. Wilhite, on trials. Like, mm. how long does it take a medication to even get approved? Um, it can take many, many years. Um, you know, last time I checked, I think the average was around, like, seven to ten years for wow. um, a, approval of a new medication. And that's because of the, you know, stringent um, safety and um, effectiveness um, data that we have to gather to make sure that drugs are, um, to make sure that we are um, providing the right medications to people. So um, trials start out with just a few, um, you know, animal trials and then just a few patients to look at safety and kind of dose ranging, and then we study it in in larger numbers of people and submit that data to the Food and Drug Administration, where experts in that that particular field evaluate it carefully. Yeah, it takes a long time. Yeah, it really does. And I mean, I can understand why, but uh, maybe it's good for all of us regular lay people out here to know that it does take a lot of research and dollars to Find, first of all, medications for treatment and make sure they're safe for human consumption. 
All right. It's so hard to believe, but we only have one segment left with our two docs today on the Ask the Pharmacist edition of Healthy Matters. We have so many texts, so we're going to try to do a fire round when we come back. Uh, Quick questions, quick answers. But if you do have a call, we will take it. 651-989-9226. We are back on Healthy Matters, powered by Hennepin Healthcare, with two amazing Hennepin Healthcare doctors, as Dr. Hilden is off today. We ask the pharmacists, Dr. Lori Wilhite and Dr. George Constantinides are with us. All right, I want to ask you this, Dr. George Constantinides. It is allergy season for a lot of people, and I've gotten some questions here on the text screen about allergies. Uh, Are there some special allergy considerations now that we're in summer and meds that can help? I think uh, lots of folks have seasonal allergies, and uh, fortunately, we have a lot of medicines that can treat allergies. Some of those medicines are pill forms. Um, uh, Some of them are uh, sprays, say, for the nose. Um, Some of them are eye drops. Some patients have um, um, some breathing symptoms that can come with allergies, and we've got medicines for our lungs. Uh, And then there's different sort of allergy seasons, uh, different times of the summer or spring or fall where different allergies um, are happening. And I would absolutely encourage you um, to connect with your primary care doctor if you're having allergy symptoms, because we often can can help those symptoms quite a bit uh, and do it uh, with relative ease because we've just got so many options for treating seasonal allergies. All right. And then, Dr. Wilhite, what about actually allergies to drugs, the other side of this uh, for people? What should they know? You know, drug allergies are just a absolutely crucial piece of information that um, every pharmacy, every doctor's office, every hospital needs an updated list of all of your drug allergies. Um, one interesting thing about drug allergies is sometimes um, they may be true allergies and sometimes not. That can be something to actually talk to an allergist about. You know, am I um, to test you for maybe old drug allergies that you might have picked up when you were a little kid, like penicillin, for example? Um, so I would, I would suggest doing that if you're someone who has a lot of drug allergies to perhaps make an appointment with an allergist and discuss that in detail. All right. We have only a few minutes left with our docs, so I'm going to try to do a fire round here and get through as many texts as possible. We'll go back and forth between you both. We'll start with Dr. Constantinides. Here's our first text doc. Please comment on the use of modafinil, I don't know if I'm saying that right, to treat adult ADHD when other stimulant or non-stimulants have no positive, positive effects. Cool. I, you know, I don't work with modafinil very often. I certainly uh, know that it can be very helpful uh, for some folks. I would, uh, I would encourage you. I'm, often, it's prescribed by either a primary care provider or um, a psychiatrist, and I would uh, make sure to ask them about its role in your care. All right, Dr. Wilhite. Uh, topical applications for poison ivy. Does anything help? Hmm. Well, the best thing is to make sure that you wash with soap and water um, because that uh, the chemical in the poison ivy that causes the rash and itching and pain is very fat-soluble and locks into the skin. Um, 
topical steroids can be effective. Um, and if those measures don't work, I would uh, perhaps talk to your doctor about getting a prescription for something stronger. All right. It sounds like there is um, a little bit of a response to the Alzheimer's drug. This person is saying it's called aducanubab. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Very expensive. Approval was accelerated. There are concerns about the approval and its safety and effectiveness. Yeah, and that's something definitely before taking anyone, uh, any drug, you want to definitely talk with your doctor. All right, Dr. Constantinides, what is gabapentin used for? Uh, What can it be used with? Gabapentin is a medicine we've had uh, around for quite some time, and and it's pretty diverse in in the reasons that we would prescribe it. Um, What I think of right away would be uh, nerve pain, neuropathy. Um, Gabapentin is one of our our top choices for the treatment of neuropathy. Um, Some folks find it helpful for falling asleep. Um, It can be used for a number of other uh, conditions as well. But those are the sort of the two things that I think of. And it's relatively safe with most medicines. It's kind of hard to say without looking at a, a whole med list. Um, but the good news is that it that it's safe with lots of meds and a great reason to ask your pharmacist if gabapentin fits into your medicine safely. All right, Dr. Wilhite, this person has kind of a personal question for you. Is your family from Slayton, Minnesota? <laughs> Wilhite's my um Wilhite's my married name and um they come from the Missouri Ozarks. Um interestingly, my husband's grandfather lived about 30 miles away from Laura Ingalls Wilder. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. All right. We've got about 45 seconds, but I want to get this next one in. Uh, Preservision Arids, highly recommended by my ophthalmologist over-the-counter medication. What are your thoughts on this drug? I'll I'll have you take that, Dr. Wilhite. Hmm. I wonder if that's one of those special eye vitamins that um, sometimes are recommended for people with macular degeneration or um, people at risk of macular degeneration. I'm not sure. Um, But if it's something that your ophthalmologist uh, recommended for you, then then it sounds like there's probably some supporting evidence for it. All right. I'll ask each of you. We'll start with Dr. Constantinides. What's your just quick, you know, maybe 20 seconds on quick advice as people may have to take medication, sort of a safety uh, advice for them? I think the the best advice that I can give is is to always be asking questions. Your pharmacist, your uh, providers that you see, uh, people in your community, get get input on medicines um, and be an active advocate for yourself to make sure we, we, we've got you on the right medicines. Dr. Wilhite, anything to add to that? Yeah, medication safety is actually one of my passions and um, something that I work on at Hennepin Healthcare. Um, Med errors can happen in the doctor's office, in the pharmacy, in your house, in the hospital. So I completely agree that um, the best that you can do to stay informed and advocate for yourself, um, the safer that you'll be when it comes to medication. All right. I want to thank both our doctors today, Dr. Lori Wilhite, Dr. George Constantinides. And remember, if you are living with chronic pain, individuals who are doing so are being asked to participate in a 30 to 40 minute one to one Zoom meeting to discuss their journey, their experience and any barriers. This is, study is funded by the Minnesota Department of Health in conjunction with Hennepin Healthcare. 
please call 612-873-3066 for any answers and questions.